Hello everyone, this is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh edition of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined today, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Okay, we're going to get into the first part of the show. Uh, This part is called the review. Uh, Every week we bring you the review and preview, where we review the fights from last weekend and we preview the fights coming up this weekend. Uh, There's also a midweek show this weekend as well, on the Wednesday night. Um, But yeah, we're going to start with the the review side of things. Uh, On the Friday night, there was a few cards on the Friday night, um, some in USA, some in UK. We're going to start... With the UK, uh, Miles Shinquin moved to 12 and 0. He fought Daniel Bilisansky. Um, he's he stopped him in the fifth round uh, TKO. Georgie Keane was also on that bill, and I'm I'm disappointed to say that he lost. Um, he got TKO'd in the second round against Nathan McIntosh, who was an unbeaten fighter. But Georgie Keane, who was one of Frank Warren's prospects a while back, um, you know, two losses now. He's only had he's only had eight fights, so his record's now six and two. So um, massive, massive fault in the storm there. Prince Patel was also on the bill. He moved to three and zero with a point win. Um, that was really it for that show. Um, in Wales, there was a professional debut of world champion boxer Lee Selby's brother Andrew Selby, who was a cracking amateur. Andrew Selby, it was it was weird because he was actually in an eight rounder on his debut. We don't see a lot of fighters go into an eight rounder on their debut, but he did, and he stopped the guy in four rounds of TKO. The guy he was facing, um, you know, like a journeyman, but. It's good to get a good win. He, he fought really, really well. Um, you know, good shots to the body and the head. Fantastic display there from Selby in his first fight. We'll move out to Florida now. Um, Orlando, the venue. Malik Scott against Tony Thompson. Now, this fight wasn't shown on UK TV. Um, I had to stream it somewhere. Um, in fact, you could stream it from the website directly. I, I don't think I told you about that. I had sorry about that. Joey, no worries. Yeah, because um, you you could it was on Bounce TV, and you could actually um, go on to bouncetv.com, and they were streaming it off of their website. It was free and everything like that. But um, yeah, you need to see that fight if you haven't seen it. I has. I'm actually going to watch this fight. It's, I heard it was a very interesting fight. Yeah, it was. Um, Malik Scott came out in the early rounds. Um, you know, he was fighting, um, let's say, more aggressive than he usually does. He was coming forward. Um, well, I say he was coming forward. He was coming forward for the first few rounds, but he was on the back foot a lot, just boxing on the back foot, which he's very good at. And he was showing his skills and um, his lateral movement. A lot of the times, uh, Tony Thompson sort of trapped him on the ropes and Malik Scott was just ducking under it and then hitting him, like, um, you know, making him miss a lot. And it, it looked very good. It was a good display by Malik Scott. But again, you know, Tony Thompson, he's 44. So, you know, he's, he's an old man in the sport now. Um, been in a lot of big fights. But, you know, we don't know how 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 solid he is at this age now. But, yeah, Malik Scott, it was a good win for him. Although he was knocked down in the ninth round, this was a temple shot 
um, from Tony Thompson. But yeah, nonetheless, Malik Scott picked up his 38th win professionally. It was only a 10-rounder, but yeah, he won unanimously. So it was a good win for him. What do you think his future holds, uh, Ayaz? Malik Scott? Yeah. I reckon he's got a a couple of fights left in him. Obviously, we Tony Thompson, I was just reading an article, he's like, he wanted a third showdown with Vladimir Klitschko. Now, that looks, that looks like it's gone down the drain. With Malik Scott, I can see him fight someone like a Huey Fury. That'd be interesting, definitely. But we'll see what happens, isn't it? Like, how he, like who he wants to fight next, because he hasn't really called out a fighter, has he? No, I don't really... Well, I say he's not really that type of guy to call someone out, but he is. He, he called out Antonio Tava before this fight, but he ended up not getting that fight. I think... I mean, he's a good fighter. The thing about him is... He doesn't possess such a knockout punch, such a big punch. He's he's a bit um, feather-fisted for a heavyweight, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got a few knockouts, but he's not really... He hasn't got much power. Again, he's very, very dangerous, though, because he can fight um, Southpaw and Orthodox and very well. A lot of people can fight, you know, naturally Orthodox, but they can fight Southpaw, but they're not as good he's literally as good a lot of people haven't seen this in his fights but in the gym i know what he's like and again you know good boxing skill good jab he was letting his right hand go a lot which is something i haven't actually seen from him for quite a while tony thompson is top opposition um let's have it right even though he's 44 yeah i'd like to see malik scott in there against someone you know like maybe a prospect coming up something like that just to see but he is very tricky you know he's a bit of a nightmare but also, he did get knocked down by Tony Thompson. And Tony Thompson, you know, he hit him on the temple and he went down. And it's exactly, well, not exactly the same shot, but the same place, the same temple that Deontay Wilder stopped Malik Scott in the first round with, with the same area, so the same sort of punch. It was it, Obviously, it was a completely different punch, but he hit him in the same area of the temple and he knocked him down in the first round. And then Tony Thompson done done the same punch and hit him hit him with it in the ninth round and knocked him down so um yeah you know i'm not sure and obviously we saw him get stopped against chisora as well and chisora hit him with the same sort of punch i think he's been he's been knocked down three times you know against chisora against um tony thompson now and also against deontay wilder and all three of them have been temple shots you know it's a bit worrying to be honest getting hit in the temple Ayers, what do you think the future of Tony Thompson holds? What sort of future does he hold? He's uh, he's still got a couple of fights left in him as well. Obviously, we know that he's beaten uh, David Price a couple of t- uh, twice actually, but I reckon he's got a couple of fights left left in him. Fighting Vladimir, I don't think so. That's going to happen. No, I don't. I wouldn't even want to see that. I mean, that would just be, you know, I, I wouldn't say that fight goes over two rounds. Now, I think he's Tony Thompson seems to have aged overnight kind of thing you know he, he beat solace not a not a long while ago and now you know he, his performance was pretty he was pretty terrible to be honest he was in bad shape he just didn't look like he was up for it but um moving on moving over to uh, massachusetts there was another show over there a couple of weeks back Stephen ormond was fighting on the same card as gary spike o'sullivan they both got knockout wins this time Stephen ormond was back on the bill and he got another knockout win uh, he defeated orlando vasquez orlando vasquez had a record of 18 and 6 he's now 18 and 7 and Stephen ormond picked up his 20th win he's now 20 and 2 so um 
He had two knockouts, literally, within about two or three weeks. So good stuff for Stephen Ormond. Is there anything else to add, Ayers? Any news this week at all? No, there, there's not much really news and until Wednesday. We've got that big fight in Russia. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the preview part of the show. So I think that's it for the review part of the show. Okay, so we've only got one guest this week, so we're going to bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Malik King-Scott. Okay, so welcome to the show, Malik. Um, Obviously, you're in the intro. Remember, I played you the intro music, so it's the first time we've actually got a guest on who's on the intro. We've had a few guests, but no one on the intro yet, so we've got the first one on. Um, Yeah, welcome to the show. So you fought on Friday, you fought Tony Thompson. Yeah. Um... How did you find it in there, Malik? Because, you know, he's he's a top opposition. You know, he's top opposition, although he's 44 now. How was it in there? Uh, He he was crafty, strong, heavy-handed. But I just knew uh, my rhythm would be too much for him. And uh, every time Tony got to, I just lost him with my legs and lost him with the feet every time. So it was good. And, um, I mean, that shit seemed like it was two months ago now, and it was just a couple of days ago. That's how much my mind is on to the next episode. What do you feel like your next few fights are going to be? What sort of people do you want to face in the near future, Malik? Uh, who, who do I want to face in the near future? Yes. Um, I, I don't really have no picks. Like, you know what I mean? I don't discriminate with my skills. They work on anybody and anywhere in the world. But I know you had a little, a little, um, a bit of beef with Antonio Tava. Do you still see him relevant now? Um, I, I, I definitely don't ever mind fighting Tarver because, you know, like I said, he was a legend. I never had nothing personal with him until he came at me on a personal matter. And then, you know, I handled it and spit my fire back at him. I never got to ask you. Now you're back with, um, you know, your amateur coach, Fred Jenkins. Um, you split with Jesse Reed. Can you talk about that? Uh, I split with Jesse Reed because um, Jesse Reed is um, he's a great motivator. And um, he was a great teacher at one time, I believe. But right now, age, you know, father time has kicked in. I also wanted to ask you, what's your personal, because I know you really like uh, Lennox Lewis. I know you spent a lot of time with him back in the day. What's your personal favorite heavyweight of all time, uh, Malik? Lennox Lewis. And that's over Muhammad Ali, Tyson, everyone like that? No, I don't. none of them guys to me, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, none of them carried Lennox Lewis, Jock Strap. And um, I mean that with all due respect, but if people want to take it out of content, then that's up to them. I really don't give a shit. But I think Lennox Lewis is like uh, one of the best fighters to ever touch a pure gloves, especially in the heavyweight division. You know, he's untouchable to me. And I wanted to get a couple of predictions for upcoming fights. Um, I already know what you're going to say about the Brian Jennings fight. I know you're definitely backing your man there. You think he can do that? I think it's the toughest fight of his career, but I also think that Jennings is um is um great at fighting southpaws. So I don't think the southpaw thing is gonna be a problem with him, but I believe uh Perez is out of all the guys he's for the Southpaw is probably the best one and the strongest one. There's obviously potential in the future that we could see Pavetkin fight Wilder. What do you think about that? I think it's a great fight. I think it could be a, a mega fight for a super bout in this modern day time in the heavyweight division. I think Deontay going to rise to the occasion and uh, uh, beat Pavek in the same way that he beat uh, Stavern. 
for the people that, that are listening to this that don't know why I'm asking you all these fights for your predictions, because a lot of people don't know, and I'm going to swear for the first time ever on this show, it pisses me off. A lot of people don't realise that Malik Scott, you know, I'm asking him about Povetkin and Wilder. The reason I'm asking him is because, one, he's close with Wilder, he's fought Wilder, he's sparred with Wilder numerous times. And also, a lot of people won't know that he was out in Moscow sparring Povetkin, so he's, he knows them both very well. Um, another fight I want to move on to, also December the 12th, um, Dillian White, Anthony Joshua, all British clash. How do you see that going down? Because I know you've worked with both guys in camp down at the Klitschko camp. Mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest fight uh, for the Brits since Lennox Lewis fought Frank Bruno. I don't know if the people are going to get behind it with that same energy as they did when Lennox and Bruno fought, but I know it's just as big as a fight. Another thing I wanted to mention, um, Vladimir uh, Klitschko faces Tyson Fury the 28th of this month. How do you see that one going, Malik? I think uh, Tyson Fury got a great chance uh, in the fight more than people give him. I think, um, of course, Vladimir is the best he's ever fought. Uh, I think it's a great fight, but we're going to see. This is judgment day for Tyson Fury. Fair enough. And um, I just wanted to ask you if you... I know that you're you're a fan of boxing as well. You know, you pay attention to the sport as well as participate in it. Um, a new, well, I say a new, an Irish kid has come over, signed with Al Heyman recently, been boxing on PBC shows, Carl Frampton. Have you heard much about this guy, Malik? Yeah, I, I've seen him fight. I think he can fight his ass off. I think it's a real deal. Um, he's battle-tested, but... um. Uh, uh, like, I believe still his best is yet to come. For the people that don't know, you're fighting out of the Goose and Jim. There's a lot of champions training with you. What are some of the champions that perhaps people don't know that train side by side with you? And you haven't got to mention um, OG Samson. We know he's a big champion in, in his own right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, lately I haven't been actually at uh, Joe Goose and Jim, but Joe Goose is like my brother. We have more in common than just boxing. Actually, the things me and Joe are tight through is not even through boxing. It's through just the general facts of life things and, you know, being a great person and being being aware of politics and being aware of life and family. We we're, we're, we're have a tight relationship more through that than boxing. Yeah, because, yeah, when I FaceTimed you earlier, I noticed that it didn't look like the Goose and Jim. What gym was that you was in, Malik? Uh, that's my focus paradise gym. That's like UFC gym is in Santa Clarita, California. It's almost like God created the gym and put it literally almost, you know, two blocks away from my house because he knew how focused I was I was or I am and he know like, you know, the type of privacy I like when I'm training. All right then Malik, yeah, well, I sang you out of the show. Uh thanks for coming on. Good to hear from you finally from all this time. All right, but then I'm on Sunset Boulevard about to finish my cigar. I'm with my photographer. I'm just going over the plans and expect to see big things from me in the future. Tony Thompson was just an appetizer. He was another statistic on my road to redemption, and I can't wait to continue to prove people wrong. Well said. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Malik. Hi, Bill. Okay, now it's time for the second part of the show. This part's the preview, where we preview the fights coming up this weekend. And also, um, like I said, there was a show on Wednesday as well. Um, so on Wednesday, Alexander Povetkin, he fights Marius Wack. Um, Alexander Povetkin, 29-1, and one, obviously the one loss to 
Vladimir Klitschko. He fights Marius Black. Marius Black, 31-1. and one. So um, this should be a very, very good fight. Uh, Marius Wack is regarded as having one of the best chins in heavyweight boxing. How do you see this fight going, Ayaz? Vekin is um, probably most likely to be um, be the winner, right? But Marius Wack could be a danger man. And you know in boxing, like anything can happen, right? So we, um, it could be a knockout. It could be a split decision. It could be a major upset. But in my opinion, if I have to give it, I'll probably give it to Povetkin to win the fight. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that Povetkin, he should win the fight. Um, the thing about Wack, you know, I haven't really seen much of him. I don't think he's been inactive. Well, I know he hasn't been inactive. He's had two fights this year. Um, one of the guys he fought was basically a bit of a journeyman. Uh, you know, he, he didn't even knock him out of there. He got him out... Um, he won unanimously after 10 rounds, and then he stopped. This was back in June. He fought Konstantin Erich, who we saw Joshua fight, and he stopped him in six rounds, TKO. He's had two fights this year, so that's quite good. But, you know, a lot of his fights are in Poland. His last four fights have been in Poland, so I haven't really seen any of these fights. Obviously, he lost to Vladimir as well, so both these guys are, um, you know, Fla Vladimir's beaten both of them. As Klitschko would brand them, they're both Klitschko losers. But um, it should be a good fight. It should be a good fight. But uh, Marius Wack, he is actually one of the one of the tallest heavyweights in boxing. To be honest, he's six foot seven and a half. So um, the you know the height's going to be with him. But we will see because remember Povetkin, he's a bit regarded as a short heavyweight. He's only six foot two. But you know we'll see, we'll see because he's a great fighter, Povetkin, and I do want to see him fight Deontay Wilder. Also down that bill, Dennis Lebedev. He fights Latif Coyote. Latif Coyote, 21 and 0. He fights Dennis Lebedev, 27 and 2. This is for the WBA World Cruiserweight title. Um, that's really it for the Wednesday. We're going to move over to Saturday now. We're going to go over to Ireland. Uh, there's a there's a card over there. Top of the bill, Jamie Cox, 19 and 0. He face he faces. Ferenc Albert, who's 20 and 7, and that's for Jamie's WBO European Super Middleweight title. Also, moving down that bill, there's a little bit of a grudge match. It's for the vacant Irish Worldweight title. That's Peter McDonough. He fights Dean Byrne. That should be a good fight. And also, the reschedule of the long awaited. Longly awaited uh, fight between Ian Timms and Michael Sweeney. A little bit of rivalry between those guys. Also on that bill, uh, Jamie Conlon, he looks to move to 15-0. and 0. And Vijender Singh, he gets out for his second pro fight. He fights Dean Gillen, who's unbeaten in two fights. There's also another... Two more fights I want to mention. Jamie Kavanagh, he looks to pick up his 20th win. His opponent hasn't been announced yet. And big, sexy Sean Turner looks to move to 7-0. and oh. uh, That's it for Ireland. We're going to move over to Monaco now. Um, Ruslan Provodnikov, he fights Jesus Rodriguez. Jesus Rodriguez, unbeaten in 14 contests. He fights Ruslan Provodnikov, 24-4. and four. Remember, last week we had um, Ruslan Provodnikov's foe, Mauricio Herrera, on the, on the show. What do you think Provodnikov's future holds, Ayaz? Because remember, he's, he's got four losses now. Obviously, you know, and, and some of his losses, he's lost pretty, you know, pretty badly, you know? Uh, Provodnikov's future holds quite quite good. Um, recently, he split up with Freddie Roach, right? And he's recently actually joined with Joe Diaz. And I was reading a couple of articles like um, him fighting Manny Pacquiao in his Manny Pacquiao's last fight. 
Or like, how you call that? Ame to fight Ame Khan. But I reckon he's actually got a couple of big fights left in him. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that fight did get made, Amir Khan against Provodnikov. You know, Amir Khan, one thing you cannot knock Amir Khan for is he he does fight these people, these dog fight type of opponents, you know what I mean? Like, he's been in there with Maidana. He's been in there with loads of different boxers that, that are really you know, hard to beat fighters. He kind of, he doesn't make it easy on himself. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing, even if you're a Brook fan or you're a, or you're a calm fan, but if, even if you're a Brook fan and you're listening, you can't knock the sort of caliber um, of opponents that Khan has fought. He is, he really has fought the big boys, but Provodnikov, I think, do you not think he was slightly overrated? Ayaz? I think he's overrated. Do you know what I mean? You reckon? Yeah. I think he's a good fighter. I think he's a good fighter, but like you say, he's got four losses on his record. Now, obviously, he's got the one loss to Mauricio Herrera. He's got the one loss to Algieri. He's got the loss to Bradley. And who was his other loss? Oh, Matisse in his last fight. Yeah, Matisse, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, this is his bounce-back fight. Um, but, again, he's fighting an unbeaten fighter, and he's fighting him, you know, in a place in a place he hasn't been before. He's never fought in Monaco. So it should be interesting, but um, I think he's going to probably get a win because, you know, there's a lot of hype around him and a lot of hype can be built around him for just purely down to the way he fights. Okay. uh, Leaving that card there, we're going to move over now to United Kingdom, to our country, to the Echo Arena in Liverpool, top of the bill, Callum Smith fights Rocky Fielding. Now, a lot of people knock Eddie Hearn for putting on all these silly fights and these, you know, all this, all this nonsense. I think this is a really good card he's put on, by the way. This is a good fight. This is a good card, you know. You know, Callum Smith, 17-0. and 0, He fights Rocky Field in 21-0. It's for the vacant British super middleweight title, but these fighters are both unbeaten. They're both good fighters. How do you see this fight going, Smith Fielding? I reckon this is going to be a points win, right? But in my opinion, if I have to give it to uh, the person that I think that's going to win it, I reckon it'll be Callum Smith. Do you know what? It's so it's so weird. I fought I fought Callum Smith for a long time, but then I think Rocky's last fight he done really well, and I just I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna say if there's a knockout, it'll probably be Callum Smith who gets the knockout. If it's points, it'll probably be Rocky Fielding. I don't know. I just think it's very, very close. And you know what I mean? It's good. Like this, they're both undefeated prospects and, and Eddie Hearns, you know, he promotes them both and he's put them both in together. So a lot of people will jump off the bandwagon of the loser. Whoever loses this fight is going to be right down in the dump sort of thing. And everyone's going to jump on the winner's back, but we'll see. Uh, Moving down that bill, Scott Cardle, he fights Sean Dodd. Scott Cardle looks to move to 19 and 0. Sean Dodd, 10 and 1 at the moment. Ricky Burns, ex-world champion, he's also out. He fights Josh King. This is for the vacant WBO intercontinental lightweight title. Um, also, Tom Doran, he looks to move to 16-0. He fights undefeated fighter Rod Smith, who's 7-0 in his own right. O'Hara Davies, young prospect, he's back out again. He looks to move to 9-0. He fights Chris Truman. Um, Jake Ball, he's in his third professional contest, but his opponent hasn't been announced yet. But I'm looking forward to that card all in all, eyes. How about yourself? I'm actually looking forward to the card. I'm 
uh, Callum Smith and Rocky Fielder and see where uh, the winner's future holds afterwards. Yeah, because I think they're both destined for big things. So it'll be so interesting. Also, I just want to mention in Florida, there's a little card there. Uh, Breedis Prescott's on the bill. He's fighting Claudine Lacerda. Uh, Claudine Lacerda, record 17 wins, 12 losses and one draw. Breedis Prescott, he's now 28-7. and seven. Um, A lot of people may not know about Breedis Prescott, but... If you've been a Khan fan for a long time, you'll remember that Breedis Prescott was the first man to beat Khan. He knocked him out in the first round. Very devastating knockout. Do you remember that one, Ayaz? I actually thought Khan was going to win the fight. And then next one, no, whack. Yeah. And Meir Khan just like, dropped to the floor. Yeah, he was absolutely, wow, he was horrible. Mm. Um, that was, you know, he, he had that fight way too early. Okay, moving over to the Thomas and Mack Center. The Thomas and Mack Center, Las Vegas. This is becoming quite a venue for boxing now. Top of the bill, Timothy Bradley. He fights Brandon Rios. This is for the WBO World Welterweight title. This is the one that um, Floyd took off Manny Pacquiao when he beat Manny Pacquiao. Then he vacated it. Uh, Timothy Bradley, um, did he get given the title or did he did he fight for it? I can't remember now. Um, I thought it wasn't Brad. Uh, they said that it was meant to be between Saddam Ali, right, and Timothy Bradley. I can't remember if he won it. I, I really can't remember if he won it or it was given him now, but um, mm. my memory. Um, but, yeah, nonetheless, it's going to be a decent fight. I'm actually looking more forward to Smith Fielding than Bradley Rios. And I tell you why, because Smith Fielding, two young prospects, undefeated. Uh, Timothy Bradley, he's obviously, he's only got the one loss to Manny Pacquiao, but he really should have two losses to Manny Pacquiao. And then Brandon Rios, he's obviously got one loss to Pacquiao and one loss to Alvarado. But I, I just don't think that Brandon Rios has got much left. I really, really don't. I think he only beat Alvarado because Alvarado didn't take the fight seriously and he's well past his best. I mean, I don't really like to criticise fighters, but I really don't think Brandon Rios is going to probably even win one round. I mean, he's a warrior. He's a tough man. He comes forward. Timothy Bradley doesn't hit very hard. So, you know, maybe the rounds will be close because I don't think his punches will stop Brandon Rios coming forward. And to be, to be totally honest to Brandon Rios, I don't think... If he was fighting a gorilla, he would he would stop coming forward. But um, how do you see that fight going, Ayers? Um, in my opinion, I reckon Bradley wins the fight. And there's there's a rumour that the winner out of this fight could fight Kell Brook. Yeah, yeah, there are rumours that the winner could face Kell Brook. If you were Kell Brook, if you were advising Kell Brook, who would you think is it would be an easier fight for Kell Brook? Come forward style like... Brandon Rios or, you know, a good boxer, a tough guy, a lot of heart, Tim Bradley. Brandon Rios. Because uh, Tim Bradley is a very tough fighter. He's beaten the likes of Pacquiao and Marquez, and he's got a big experience with the big names. So I reckon Brandon Rios will be an easier fight for him. Yeah, I think so too. Just because I think that, you know, Kell Brooks, he's very, very clinical. Very, very, very good at throwing punches. You know, he throws them properly, punches through the target. And he's tough and he's big, he's strong. I think he'd, he'd just be too precise for Brandon Rios. Whereas Bradley, I'm not saying he couldn't beat Bradley. I think, he could, I think he'd probably beat Bradley as well. But I think Bradley's a bit more crafty, more experienced at that type of level, even though he 
you know, he shouldn't have beat Pacquiao the first time, but he did. He absolutely beat Marquez easily. But, um, yeah, moving down that bill, we've also got Vasil Lomachenko. He's out in his sixth fight. Um, he tries to move to five and one. He fights Romelu Colasisha. Colasisha, 25 and four. This is for the WBO World Featherweight title. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it would have been lovely to see Lomachenko face Rigondo, wouldn't it? Lomachenko's style, Rigondo's style, oh, what a fight that would be. Yeah, you know, we'd really see something there. Okay, that concludes this week's episode of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm very sorry for the poor audio quality during this week's show. Uh, We had the one guest on. It's been a short and sweet show this week. We'll be back next week with another big show. Please find us on iTunes, on Twitter, on SoundCloud. We're all over the internet now. Um, Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for giving us your ears, and we'll see you next week. Take care.